What's up, you beauties? Welcome back to another episode of the Time My Skates podcast. It's DG, Z, Coots, and Johnny. And we got a hell of an episode today for you guys. And uh, today we're going to start a little differently. We decided not to do game recaps today because who wants to talk about a bunch of losses? I know I don't. I'm not sure about the rest of them, but I'm sure they feel the same. So we're going to start out with a, a very big topic, Drew and the Avalanche rumors. We've been hearing a lot more as the days go by in regards to Drew and the Avs, and it it really does seem like it's almost a formality that it probably will be the Avs, and if not, you know, there's a couple other teams on that list that he might go to, but as of right now, Avs are number one. Z, I'll defer to you to start. What do you think about the recent rumors that have been coming out about G and the Avs? I mean, it makes sense. That's that's the team you'd want to go to. Um, I think the Avs probably have more pressing needs in defense and goaltending. Uh, I don't know if they can rely on Kemper to stay healthy, and I don't know if Francois can win a playoff series for him, but I'd love to see G go there. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, but now it's like Flyers fans versus Av fans of like, you're taking our best player. We want your best prospect back. And the Av fans are like, no, take our shitty players because <laughs> because you, your guy's on a, a expiring contract. So uh, I'd be interesting to see, you know, what the final deal looks like. It's going to happen. Like one or both fan bases are going to be disappointed. There's going to be a loser in this deal. Um, but a lot of people are saying like, oh, if this is, you know, the, the return people are talking about for G let's just resign him. But I mean, you got to You have to trade him, and, and whatever you get has to, you know, push you towards this rebuild. Yeah. So obviously uh, everybody listening probably has heard about the Tyler to trade, which we'll, we'll touch on later, but that's basically set the market for Giroux trade. So basically as of now, what we could expect uh, in return for Drew is probably a top prospect some kind of player that makes money to make the money work. And then their 2023 first round pick. So between the prospects, we have written down a couple. We have Baron, who's a right-handed defenseman, Hellison, another right-handed defenseman. And uh, I think it's Samu Ranta, who is a forward. Uh, so those are like the main three prospects I pulled that the Flyers could be interested in. And then for the players, uh, Tyson Jost, Yost, however you want to pronounce it. He's a former 10th overall pick in the first round. And uh, JT Comfer is another player that would make the money work. Uh, Johnny Coots, do you guys have any opinions on those guys? Um, I think uh, what we learned, especially in the last like couple of weeks, is it's finally good to actually get you know tangible names out there of what we can expect in return. I know it's it's always nice to kind of throw out names like you know Byram and Newhook, but when you, when you get down to it and you kind of sense what the reality is behind it, it's good to have one, the Toffoli trade to kind of set the benchmark and the market and two actually names that have actually come out like Baron, like you said, Baron Hellison. I know Elliot Freeman said Hellison's was a good pick in the second round, I think by the Avs a couple years ago or a year ago. And he's also Cam York's D partner. So take that for what you will. Um, in terms of that roster player to make the money work, I think that's where people um, kind of have their, their difference of opinions when it comes to, you know, Tyson Jost, I think me personally, I'm not a huge fan of him, but, um, you know, kind of what we said before, DG, uh, before, before the show started was, you know, he's still only 24. Uh, so there's also like, a, you know, kind of a lot of upside there. So 
you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, there's also a couple other destinations, you know, Minnesota, St. Louis, but I think Minnesota might've been phantom too. So we shall see. Yeah. On a NRD's podcast this week, he said that Minnesota is one of those teams that's pretend like basically pretending to be interested in Giroux that they don't want the abs and or blues to just get Giroux, you know, for like a good, like they want to drive up that price for Giroux. So they're, they're basically like pretending to be in the running just to make sure that their division rival pays that price for a player of Drew's caliber. Coots, I see you have something to say. I was just going to say, I really like that Baron guy. He's like a good two-way defenseman. 6'2", 195, got good speed, got a good shot. And he has 17 points in about 30 games with the AHL squad. Love to snag him up. And then I, I'm, I'm a little um, skeptical of Jost, but I, I'm intrigued too at the same time. I mean, he was a 10th pick of the draft in the first round and um, he's got a little upside. I think like some players benefit from a change of scenery and who knows, maybe if we get him and pick him up, pick him up for the flyers, he could help us out. Yeah. Real quick. I want to throw a couple things at you guys. So the Toffoli trade, I think Calgary had to pay a little more for a couple reasons. One, he had, he still has two years left on his deal at 4.25. Um, Montreal didn't retain any cap. The other thing is, they're picking him up a month before the trade deadline. So you're going to pay more to get him earlier. Um, and then on the topics of like Colorado's prospects, would you guys rather have like a right-handed B-level prospect? If that's what we're calling those guys, I don't know much about them or say like a, a kid, like Robert Thomas from St. Louis, 22 year old, been in the league like three or four years. That's a tough question, Z. I mean, I did not think you were going to go there, but uh, I mean, at that point, it's basically, do you want Robert Thomas or do you want Barron? I don't know his first name, but I think Robert Thomas is probably the better prospect of the two. Yeah. Just because I think he's in the NHL. I mean, he's like a point per game player too. That'd be, well, yeah. we we, go ahead. I was just going to say, we might have to give up more than Giroux for him for a player like him. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally see, I could see them packaging Drew and Risto or Drew and Braun since Risto's on IR right now. Yeah. Thomas right now, uh, six goals, 30 assists, 36 points in 40 games played, not a huge score, but he's a setup guy. I think he's probably playing on their second or third line. Um, 22 years old, right shot. I think he play center. Um, yeah, just I think he's been sort of buried in St. Louis's depth, uh, but I think he's he's definitely a guy that could be out there. And he's on, I think he's still on his yeah his RFA, so he's on like a whatever, two. He's he's making nine hundred k right now. I feel like his value is probably even more than like new hooks, so I feel like that'd be a really tough go. But you're right, if 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 that's the guy that Chuck and Danny B want, then they'll probably package a deal, but I got to assume that the Drew trade is going to be Drew only from our side. Like you got to think it's just going to be G and then whatever we get back for him. And then Braun will be dished somewhere else. Yeah, no, I think in terms of making the money work, I think you just have to kind of throw G in there. When you get, when you throw Risto in there and his five or so mil, that's, that's a lot of maneuvering to do when it's not the off season, especially in the middle of the season with the trade deadline. I don't know what, uh, St. Louis situation is in terms of using LTIR, like, you know, the other, like the six other contending teams that are utilizing that right now. So 
that's probably going to be tough. Uh, when it comes to Robert Thomas, doesn't super excite me. I also am not interested in one giving up more assets than Giroux on our side. And if it's going to be that, you know, that for Robert Thomas, I'd rather it not be that one for one. Obviously, you know, he's, he's a good player, Stanley Cup champion, I think in his rookie year. But when you kind of look at, you know, you're kind of looking for both quantity and obviously quality above all. But Robert Thomas, is, I don't think, meets the benchmark of that caliber or quality uh, for it to be even close for a one for one. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Johnny. I think Robert Thomas is I, I feel that he is more like an offensive defenseman. And at this point, I feel like I want to get like I want to build out. I want to build from the defense out. So like if we're trading Giroux, I really like the idea of getting back Baron, who's a right-handed defenseman. Uh, so if we get rid of Risto, there you go. Eventually that'll take that spot in the top four, or at least that's the hope. And then getting a guy like the player to make the money work. Uh, I do like Jost. Comfer is also good, but just, you know, the draft capital of Jost and, you know, like Coot said earlier, going to a different team, like things happen. Remember when we had, Patrick Sharp and we traded him away. Then he became a fucking mm. stud. We've had Bobrovsky. We traded him away. He becomes a fucking stud. Justin Sometimes. Williams. Yeah. Justin Williams, the list goes on and on. I mean, so like for all we know, we get Jost and he ends up becoming a, like a really good depth play- player. Even if he turns into like a Scott Lawton type for us, I'd be pumped with that along with the first and Baron, obviously. Yeah. But DG that stuff never works for us. Only works the other way around. I mean, if you want to think that way, but you got to have some, you got to have some resemblance of hope here. You got to hope that, you know, history repeats itself. Yeah. I mean, we're about to trade the heart and soul of our franchise for the past decade. Plus you got to think that this is going to jumpstart the rebuild and we have to make sure we jumpstart the rebuild the right way and getting a mass amount of, you know, prospect pick players for G to me is better than what you were saying Z, but go ahead. Yeah, just to jump in. You said Robert Thomas was a defenseman. Just real quick, forward. Is he not? Just, no, oh, he's Jesus. A no, he's yeah. a forward. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Sorry for that one. <laughs> All good. And then one. just in terms of what we've heard from Chuck, I don't know if he's you know telling the media differently than what he's actually trying to do. They're trying to be competitive next year. They're not trying to rebuild. So if I'm him and I'm trying to be competitive and get into the playoffs next year, if that's the goal – do I go for a, a team's like sixth ranked whatever prospect who's going to play defense maybe in three years for this team? Cause you know, defensemen take a little bit longer to develop Aaron? or do you go. You Are you referring to Baron there? Yeah. Or either of the, any of the Colorado. I mean, he's doing uh, really prospects. good in the AHL right now. I think he honestly is capable of maybe like, especially if you get rid of Braun, you don't think he could yeah, possibly be the sixth team. No, they, they might slot him up there, but like, looking at the chances they've given cam york like imagine next year hold on it's not imagine next year if they pair york and baron on the third line and then you still got Proby and ellis and then sandheim and maybe risto or whoever you replace risto with on the second pairing yeah but internally you kind of have to evaluate do you see baron or hellison being better than igor zamula or cam york to crack that top six for next year if you want to be competitive yeah, I personally don't. I think Zamula as like when he's gotten like he's obviously not done anything, you know, kind of, 
you know, out of this world type deal, but that's kind of what you, you want for a young defenseman to kind of be a little bit more steady. You know, he's hard on the boards. He wins boards battles. He can tie up the sticks in front. I think that's really important. Really good first steps. He doesn't have to be that flashy defense. I think he's done a decent job. If you're looking for those defensemen for next year, rather like comparing them to comparing him to Baron or hell or yeah, Hellison. So I don't I, like, that's the way I view it. And I just don't, I just don't, I, I would hate any Colorado deal that didn't involve obviously the two big names there with new hook and, and Byram, but that's not reality, unfortunately. Sub Z. No, I mean, to that point, you, you're, we're trading our best player, right? Who's, yeah. He's on expiring deal. Yeah. He's 34 years old, but he's a really good player and you're, and you want it to jumpstart your team going to the next level next season. So you're not going to want a team's, if, if, if Colorado's not going to offer you one of their top prospects, go to a different team. A team will. One team will. Colorado's, we're talking about it right now because it's the flavor of the week this week. It's, they're the number one in the running until they're not. This happens every year at trade deadline. So um, the second they say Newhook's not in the deal, I stop talking to them. I agree. I mean, who knows the strategy Chuck's got going, but you're right. Like you, you need to be putting these teams against each other and getting the most out of our player that you can. And, you know, I think Chuck's aiming to try to dump a lot of cap out of this team so that we have the cap space to make some free agent moves, i.e. Johnny Gaudreau. Um, but like, so like just get the bag for G, G in any way you can go to any team that wants them and just, you know, push, put them against each other. Yeah, and just real quick, because I brought up a lot of points at once earlier, and I knew you guys wanted to chime in about my points about the Toffoli deal and him having term and then also paying the tax for getting him a month early. Do you think G's still going to return like a good prospect, a decent roster player, and two picks? I think with, he's with more than deal? capable. I think he's more than capable of that because we are going to retain 50% of his salary no matter what team we trade him to, because there's no point not to. He's got one year left. Why wouldn't we retain that salary? especially because Dave Scott's fucking loaded. He doesn't care about paying him the four mil. You retain it. Um, But the the thing about like comparing it to Defoe is like that set the market, but Drew is so much better at Defoe and it doesn't matter that Defoe has term. Drew is so much better of a playoff hockey player than Defoe's ever been. So he is like, to me, it's a no brainer. Drew has so much more value. Drew is probably the number one, like on a list of people for the trade deadline, Jerusha should be number one. And I'd be fucking surprised if he wasn't. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there, DG. I think that, you know, when it comes to comparing that, you know, Toffoli's got two to three years. Yeah, that's that's great, but you're getting you're getting a very elite. Like he's like Claude Drew's still like he was just an all-star, he just won MVP of the all-star game. I know that meat carries very, very little weight. But still, he's a very highly skilled player. He's still elite, still putting up great points, can play in all situations, great at face-offs. You know what you're getting in Claude Giroux. He's a competitor. He wants to win. He has the intangibles. He has leadership qualities that you need when to go on a deep playoff run. Not to mention, he hasn't gone on a deep playoff run in quite some time. So you could, so he's, yeah, I'd imagine he's very much rested. So when it comes to Chuck and kind of testing the market, he, he's got some wild oats to sell, I think. He can't, he can't just be committing to you know these whatever three teams that came out i wouldn't stop at those three there's more than three playoff teams in contention here and i think it i think you know when it comes to this next month we got to look at who's who's kind of who's on that wavering leg who's who's limping around who can go on the ltir on those teams 
that have good prospects that can make the cap work. Cause it's like, like you said, we're retaining half the salary and what's it like four mil at that point. Cause that's the highest you can do under the CBA is 50%. So yeah, I, I don't think, I think once time, as time goes on over this next month, we have the opportunity to explore more and more options. And I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive close to the deadline. Yeah. Wherever Drew goes, you're instantly a cup favorite. I mean, this guy is a bona fide star, like very underrated. A bona fide star. He is. He is a, he is a star. Probably one of the most underrated guys in the last, what, 12 years in the league. I mean, I mean, honestly, more points than Toffoli this year too. I mean, I think the stat line for Drew versus Toffoli was like 0.85 points per game in the playoffs versus Toffoli's like Toffoli's uh, like 0.54. So like, that's a, that's a big margin between those two players. Yeah. To be fair, he's not, he, he was always like, he wasn't the guy on those teams, those Kings teams and Montreal last year. Actually, Montreal last year, he, he was real good. He had a 14. So is Cole Caulfield. Games. Where is he at now, Z? I'm just saying, we're talking about the Foley, <laughs> man. We're not talking about Cole Caulfield. Should have picked him over Cam York. Jesus. I don't think so. I'm I'm actually very happy with Cam York over Caulfield well, yeah, well, at this well, moment. Let's not go down well, this bloody trail. Yeah, back then, not. we thought we had a good decor. Before we move on to a couple other rumor mill topics. Do you got, let's talk about the Giroux press conference. I know not much really happened in the press conference when it was announced that he was going to be talking after practice. Everybody, including myself was freaking out a little bit, not knowing what yeah, to DG, expect. You're tweeting. You're scared out there. I was you're, scared. You, you, t- you intentionally took your lunch break to watch the press <laughs> conference and, and you were freaking out because it was late starting. Dude. Yeah. It was late starting. And then, it went live cut after like 30 seconds and then it went live again and cut again. So there, there wasn't even like a live stream. So I'm just sitting there literally scrolling Twitter, refreshing every five seconds. Cause like, dude, this is my favorite player of all time. I, I need, this is the type of content. It was the I single most for. important press conference in for this season. And they just botched it. They botched royally. It. it was so bad. <laughs> what haven't they botched? Yeah, it was a whole it was a whole lot of nothing. But I don't know what you guys were expecting. Like he wasn't gonna go on and be like, I got traded. Like everyone was expecting like a trade announcement. First of all, like the team, like first of all, we'd see all of the insiders tweeting a trade before it happens. Then we'd see the team tweet it, and then you get the press conference. So I don't know why everyone was freaking out. Um, oh well, you just like to piss all over the parade, don't you? Well, like see when when has a player oh ever held God. a press conference and been like, "Yeah, I got traded." See ya. It's like, a what? unique situation. <laughs> he's played here for fourteen years. Maybe he's the one that wants to be like, "Yes, I waved my." Yeah, so Ray Ray Bork had his own press conference when he got traded. I'll kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that unique. The thing is, Giroux is to me, he gives off introvert vibes. So he's not the type of player that I think wants to go out there and voice his opinion on this stuff. He keeps that stuff to himself and maybe to his, to his teammates inside a closed door locker room. Yeah. You were thinking that before the press conference, weren't you? We were all excited. Hey, anytime you get a press conference, there's always an, a chance that the player slips up and says something he's not supposed to say. So, I mean, that's what I was expecting to he's hopefully see. Yeah. He is too smart. You probably had cue card like Dave Scott with five players' names written on it or something. <laughs> he had a you water gotta, bottle of five, five phrases he had to say. You got to give it to him, though, because he's like clearly still committed to this team and trying to like make a push for the playoffs and win games. And it's so insane. Like you are mathematically eliminated. <laughs> that is why I love that guy, though. He just will not quit. He's the ultimate competitor. You can tell he cares. Like he really cares. He's really, guy. 
and he cares about this city. And it, it, I mean, it's obvious that he is not happy that he has to choose to leave. And real quick, we didn't, 100%. I saw a tweet today that Provrov was talking about Giroux and, and he said he hates winning and we all have to learn, like be like that. And it's Did like, you say he that, hates winning? Oh, sorry. Hates losing. Jesus. Provrov said <laughs> Giroux hates losing. Oh God. I'm going to eat. Now I'm not the only one messing up. Here, Dash one. <laughs> well, we haven't won in a while. So I also said to Polti instead of to, to, <laughs> to fully. There you go. To fully. But anyway, Provy said that Drew hates losing and like we all have to like be like that too. And that just made me think are there guys on this team that are just like, oh shit, I'm in the NHL. It doesn't fucking matter like what happens every night. Like we lost. I'm just going to go like fucking play Xbox and go drink. There, there are definitely guys that go through the motions. They don't, they don't care. They just get their paycheck and do their thing, you know? Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure like we, we loved, I'm sure like as fans, like we love to say that how they do like, I, I am one, like hand up. Like I am one of those people that do that does say that. Cause you could easily tell when someone's coasting out there and not, you know, not putting in the extra effort, but with Claude Giroux, you could tell like every single shift he's out. Yeah. There. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's night and day compared to see him versus, you know, someone else that that's not going as hard. I'm not going to name names. Because that's DG's poster child. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean anybody that knows me probably just figured that one out, Johnny. Stirring the pot. That's okay. It's it's understandable. I mean, sometimes that happens. The fact that you knew who I was talking about is part of the problem. I didn't have to say anything. You I see mean, it too, DG. You see it too. Yeah, but what, what happened? But the thing is, we what suck. It does. Like I get, like people need to be competitive on a day to day basis every single game. But like we're already out of the playoffs. Like, yeah, you want to see him try, but like to be I, to be honest with you, we we still it's haven't said the guy. Couple, we years. still haven't it's, said yeah. the guy's name. So we're gonna let the fans guess. Let's it's, not say his name. But like, DG though, it's, it's not. It's, it's not He's a been new incredible. Thing. It's the guy so who hasn't I, scored a playoff goal in since. since I mean. Something happened. I don't know. Agreed. What's something def- that happened five years ago. It seems like every podcast I'm going to have to defend this guy, but like of late, he has been playing very well. Like you can see notice noticeably out on yeah, the ice. Yeah, he'll get his five is, games in. He's doing good. Um, but I think this segment is you know come and gone. So let's move on to the next the next segment. Uh, can I comment on a Flyers game real quick? Sure. Like, Coots. So yeah. we're, uh, we're recording. We're recording during the Caps game for all the listeners out there. Don't be shy, yeah. Coot. Step on up. Come on. Yeah, Lawton just uh, pumped uh, Van Riemsdyk, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> you know, it would be oh, better if, if he fought JVR on the ice. And I know, right? <laughs> I'm not JVR kidding. JVR demands a trade. I literally <laughs> thought you were talking about JVR. I was like, he just pumped JVR in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the game. <laughs> I would have, nah, no, I would have loved that so much more. I wish you would have lied to me. <laughs> None of us would have known. None of us are watching right now. You got tripped um, by him? Yeah, I got tripped by him one time. Boston Chowder Cup. You know, I went by, I scored, I gave him a little wink. And then he tripped my cage because I had like a Bauer combo. You You were one of those kids? No. I oh, was, do you have the Oreo when one? I was young. The Oreo cage with the white on the inside, black on the out. Oh my God. You're the worst. True Vision Gray. Yeah, you're the I went with black after that night. I like the Oreo one. The white on the inside, black on the out. Those are dope. I like that's that. Like, I that's like D three guys wear those. You, no, so I, was you, a, I was I was a big white cage guy with the with the laces as your pants. Uh, what's called like to tie your pants with the laces dangling from there. <laughs> oh yeah, Dude, he's the, like the I should have played hockey. Anyone? Pants, I would have been rocking pants. a bubble. <laughs> the bubbles are cool. A fishbowl. Yeah, I'm sure Coots and Johnny. I'm sure you both. We're getting off topic. 
off topic a little bit, but I just wanted to mention a little bit. I'm sure you guys both had your bubble phase. I My phase was our entire team was like, we're going bubbles for the season and we're going to win the championship. So we all just got bubbles. We didn't win the championship, but we were, we were pretty good. Did you bleach your oh, hair? Shit, you were wearing all bubbles. Yeah. Uh, no, I would never have bleached my hair. The, the thing with the, the bubble hair. is it gets so fucking foggy. It's yeah. so annoying. And you have to like wipe it between every shift that it just becomes a hassle. I, can't I don't think anyone's surprised that. that you bleached your hair. Well, I it was playoffs. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not on these, you know, crappy teams here. Winning championships and stuff, you know. DG can't relate. Yeah, C-level <laughs> prospect. I've been to a couple championships. The thing, the thing with my hockey career is I – uh, always came in second place. Have a ton of second place trophies. <laughs> you are a, you. That you, just fucking I kill me. Tell. Just kills me tell on the inside. You. You're a big second place guy. It's painful, a, Johnny. And I've been you living third? my whole life that way. <laughs> Champion here and there, a couple of tourneys. The tourneys right. don't count. Oh. I won tournaments too. I won the Christmas tournament like two out of the four years in high school. Whoa! You, you, you won Mr. second place, big man. I'm talking Please. like second place as in like the whole like season. I don't know. I just remember I just remember <laughs> having so many second place trophies. Yeah, nothing I, like nothing like going to the championship, coming in second place and going to Pizza Hut after. <laughs> That's definitely what you did. Yo, know, the Pepsi slap yeah. there though. Pretty good. Salad bar, not bad. DG. Ooh. DG. What up? What up? Take us take us to the rumor mill. Rumor right. mill. Let's go to the rumor mill. So obviously <laughs> other than Giroud, there is some other players that we might potentially be trading. And there's obviously some other rumors out there. We're going to start with Rasmus Ristolainen, who I believe is quote unquote, basically a goner uh, from the flyers. So it was basically rumored that he was offered $30 million over five years. And for those non-math guys out there, that's 6 million a year. Uh, and he said, no, uh, it's a rumor, so we don't know if that's fact or fiction. But if he said no to six million, it makes it hard for me to believe that the Flyers are willing to go much higher than that. So I feel like it's it's leaning towards that we would trade him to like a contender at the deadline just to recoup some of the assets we lost for him. Johnny. Yeah, the fact that this rumor comes out now absolutely cripples me because teams are going to see this, like like contention or not, and we're going to get less for him because of it. Exactly, and this like couldn't have happened like in the last month of the season. No, of course not. It has to happen now in the worst possible time, and that's just it's 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 bad timing for a rumor like this. Hopefully, it is just a rumor, but I mean, I gotta think that's that's definitely realistic. Like that's a realistic number that i would expect him to you know start at at least yeah and to continue on the rumor side of things it was basically rumored that he's sick of being on bad teams and i th- i think being on the sabers for like eight years will do that to a guy he wants to go to a like a, a cup contender and just prove how valuable he can be in that type of situation which will ultimately you know get him that payday that it seems he wants Talk about some fucking irony. He wants to be a $6 million guy, but he also wants to go to a contender. That's not possible. Like Risto, I love you. You're like one of my favorite players, one of the favorite flyers of the last like four years. Dude, you're 6 million and you want to be on a cup contender. You are not that you are a top four D man, which is, I'm going to hold true. He is a top four D man. Top four D men do not make 6 million. You got to take a little bit less, you know, kick some up to the top two guys eating up those minutes, but. Yeah, I mean that's that's a tough number, six million for 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 Risto Linen. So Risto's on IR right now, and he has no no timeline. 
will he be, be like we don't know how severe the injury is like is he going to be trade eligible well jim mccrossin is still our athletic trainer so he's going to come back for a game and then he's going to get hurt again so we might not see him for the rest of the season like we're i mean yeah the the uh, flyers medical staff has not been very uh, trustworthy especially this year so the fact that we're a month out from trade deadline this could potentially you know be a well they say like Oh, it's a three three week injury, and then you know turns into a six week, and then you know trade deadlines gone and passed. So, go ahead, Johnny. No, hockey injuries are just annoying in general, just because they're not specific. It's always an upper body injury or yeah. lower body injury, and you don't get the details of those injuries until it's past the timeline that they were supposed to come back. It's like a week after, like they were supposed to come back, and then they tell you what's wrong. So they never tell you what's wrong initially. Is hockey the only sport that does that? The only sport. Because I swear to God, every other sport, like in football, you know that the guy tore his MCL and he's going to be out three to four weeks. Like, it it sucks. And it's like the whole thing with Ellis the whole year. Like, why can't we just know what the injuries are? What's what's the big deal about knowing that a guy has, like, a broken thumb or he pulled his MCL or something? Like, why can't we just know this I think it's something in the CBA that makes them, you know, makes it not – able to disclose the team not able to disclose their injuries i have no idea i think it's something in the cba though they think like guys are going to target or what no no idea so i think maybe in the playoffs that becomes a bigger issue but no yeah i was gonna say maybe this is a rule from back in the gladiator days like in the 70s and 80s like people just targeting like your broken your past broken (laughs) leg or acl (laughs) i wouldn't put it past them you're right because remember bergeron went through the whole playoffs with like a broken rib or like collapsed lung. a collapsed lung. Jeez, like if Jesus. people knew about that, they would have went after him to make sure he just stopped playing, but nobody knew about it till after the series was over and Boston I'm with lost. You. Even if you're, even in today's game, if you knew about that, people are going to, your coach is going to tell you like, Hey, like go after him, hit him hard, like make him feel it. They're not necessarily saying that you're going to go hurt the guy, but you're going to want to run him a little bit more. Especially if it's one of the better players. I mean, that's yep. not, that's Bingo. just, it's just what you do. It's not necessarily right or wrong. It's a nice little gray area. And when it comes to winning a Stanley Cup, everything's on the fucking table. I would have no problem going after an injured guy in the playoffs. No problem. If that means getting DG. to lift a cup. Just to go back to Risto, if six millions is price tag, then yeah, get him off this team. Like, Agreed. What about the rest of you guys? Do you guys think over six mil, we should trade and recoup as much as possible? I mean, I don't think you let it get to that point. I think, yeah, you got to. I mean, well, luckily it won't get to that point because he's either a UFA or we trade him at the deadline. Either way, six million, four million, I think we should trade him at the deadline. It doesn't really matter to me. I just think we got to do our best. We're not going to, I don't, we might get a a late first back, but we're probably looking at what we gave up for Justin Braun, honestly, especially at at a five million price tag. We're probably looking at a second and third. I got to be honest with you. I I think we can recoup what we what we gave away for Risto. I, I got to think, I think we can get at least a first and then some, I really do. I just like, you'd think about what David Savard got last year, right? What was it? A first and a third or something like that. I think we'd at least get something like that. Cause I think Risto is a better player. I think a team like Boston would give up a first for him. I agree. And Boston's also a team that to me, I don't think they're going that far in the playoffs. So you'd hope that that first would be, you know, early twenties. I would take an early 20s pick for Risto easily. I mean, what, we gave up like an 11, 13th? 13, I think. Yeah. What's up, Coots? Yeah, no, I was going to say I'm with you guys. Like, 
I, as much as I'd love to have him on the team, if he's denying, if he's out here denying uh, six million dollar deals, then see you, buddy. You know, yeah. And and a team that's making a push for the playoffs will definitely give up a little more than they probably should. So I'm kind of with UDG. I think we could get a first round for him to a team that's hungry and wants to, wants to get to that next level. He's a right-handed defenseman, and those come very rare. Like they're rare. So I just think that you can true. use that to our advantage. And yeah, he's a I playoff mean, kind of player too. Yeah, I agree. I, I I would want Risto in the long-term plan, but if if it comes at that price tag, I'm sorry. Like you, you have to move on and try to find a way to replace him. Well, now that I'm thinking out loud here and you fellas are very convincing in your argument, I do remember that there were at least a handful of teams that wanted to offer a first-round pick for him at the draft. I think it was seven, mm. seven teams offered a first-round pick for him, I think. And if that happened at the draft, when you consider how desperate some teams might be for that right-handed shot, a big, tough guy, physical, can battle in front of the net, can work hard in the corners – in the playoffs for a seven game series, that's a nightmare yes. to go against. That yes. is a nightmare to go against. So maybe you guys are right, but like, but like you said, with that comes logic because a playoff team, obviously that's not, that's going to be the latter half of the draft unless they have a pick owned by another team. So it's, it's probably what we're going to expect. I think I'm now I'm with you guys that we could get a first round pick just because that's, that's like, it just makes more sense that way. I think you have to get a first round pick for him. You have to, you to let have him go for spicy free. Take. Well, yeah, but I mean, you have to recoup. I know I'm saying opposed to getting like a second and a third. Like, I think you have to get a first for him or like a player. I think you take the, the best deal possible. Well, yeah, of course you're going to take the best if, deal possible, but like you have to be pushing to get that first if, if that's what you gave up for him. Plus, hey, again, a second in the 2023 draft. Um, yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, I agree with both you guys. Um, the, th- the thing is, like, we got to take this with a grain of salt because it is just rumors, and we really haven't heard too much about Aristo trade yet, like, in any rumor mills. We've just heard about this deal he was offered by the Flyers. So I would take it all with a grain of salt. But, yeah, if, if, if this is true, like, we should be okay with moving on from him, and we should try to get at least a first. But to move on, let's talk about uh, TK next. He's another guy that is on the rumor mill. Um, David Pagnata, I hope I said his name correct, from the fourth period. Nailed it. Uh, a reliable source basically said that it's a possibility that the Kings are interested in TK. I, I know he didn't really come out and say that they are and that there's like in the works. I think he just said like, yeah, that's a possibility on his podcast. So take that with a grain of salt as well. But TK is definitely one of those pieces that could be moved at the deadline or potentially in the off season as well. Yeah. Just to clarify, he, he was talking about how TK is a, you know, potential to be traded. And uh, the other guy who was interviewing camera on the podcast with him said, Oh, he'd be a good fit for the Kings. And they said, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of teams would love TK as obviously he has term. He has 24 years old. He's definitely one of those change of scenery guys, put him with, you know, more skilled players and, he'll go off and have a whatever 60 point season maybe um i know toronto likes him a lot also the rumors are jumping up now because last year he at um i think when the line a trade was going on tk was a potential centerpiece in that deal 
Um, but the Flyers said no and kept him. And they told TK at the end of the year, like, we could have traded you this year, but we kept you, like, show us that we made the right decision. And uh, Kill me, I please. I don't think he's really showing it so far this year. Um, but, yeah, like, do you think – do you guys think he still has the potential to, to, to have that value? Or do you think his values declined after this season? Well- well, yes and yes. I think his, his value has declined, obviously. Like, you know, if, if people didn't get the hint, you know, he was the player we were alluding to earlier. But I don't know. I, th- I think that he's still cap- – You're he's still young. He's still so young. And I know people are sick and tired of hearing that. He's at a good number for when he's on. If he's a guy that can get you anywhere from 20, 27 to, like, 32 goals a year around, like, Wayne Simmons, Scott Hartnell territory – that's when he's on and that's when he's worth that price tag that he has. It's just, it's kind of our team's willing to pay for it. And I, I do have to think, yes, that, that teams are definitely still going to look for that. I don't know what type of team. I don't know if it's going to be a contender. I don't know if it's going to be a team that's, you know, looking for kind of rejuvenation, an, an extra push that's on the, the brink of playoffs. But I think, you know, I don't think there are any going to, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of, of, uh, of suitors for, for TK. And one thing, no, I mean, like we're watching every game. There's no way like scouts for other teams are watching every game. So that's one thing we have to benefit off of. Like people still have their preconceived notions of the type of player he is and he's been before. And then another part of it is we, that was a good deal when we signed him to him because the expectation was that he was going to progress. Um, but right. he, number wise, at least he's declined and given to, you know, COVID shortened years. Um, and, you know, he might hit that number this year. Uh, like around the, you know, I think 48, 49 points is what he, what his average was uh, when that deal was signed. But I, I think he's a good piece when you have very skilled players around him. And we, the team has given that opportunity playing with Drew and Couturier, but, you know, due to depth reasons, you couldn't stick with that line because they just weren't doing it. Um, I just think that the condition the team's in, if you can get another good player that age back if it's like a hockey deal like dg has said before that would be very beneficial kind of like the the pierre luke dubois trade with, dubois, uh, with winnipeg with from- yeah. <laughs> dubois. pierre luke dubois he's a rapper like ya boy i'm done boy coots and dubois 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 is french if you listen to an interview with charlie mcavoy he pronounces it dubois too Oh, so because Charlie, Charlie McAvoy is a that's French an Canadian. NHL player. I'm sorry. How many NHL games do you have, Z? <laughs> okay, dude. Isn't yeah. Charlie oh, McAvoy? Don't even, don't even have an argument for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I, I think Chuck isn't really like he might be dangling the fruit with TK a little bit, like seeing mm. if there's any like nibbles there. But I think overall he'll be on the team. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but TK, thank you, Coots. Kind, He's kind of struggling right now with the Flyers. I mean, he's doing what he can, but I think he is a player that does benefit from playing with better players too. He's not a guy that's necessarily a create on your own kind of talent. Um, so I could see him, if he went to another team, he could definitely be putting up 60, 70 points in my opinion. But right now he's like a 45, 55 point guy with the Flyers. So that's where I, I'm at. So thank oh, you, I can't Coots, wait for to that. Hear this. Yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> I'm under the impression that 
he won't be on the team come next year, but I very much want him to. And I'm not going to reiterate things I've said over and over again, but like, I think he's a good piece for this team for the future, especially at that price tag right now. But like Johnny, like you were saying earlier that his, his value has diminished slightly because of this year. I think that's like necessarily true, but it's kind of relative based on the fact that our team is fucking brutal, that I think a lot of our players values are down and, it goes hand in hand with the the tweet I made on time. I skates the other day where people just think very negatively of pretty much every single guy on this team right now, because of where we're at. I think every other team and every other GM and scout in the league thinks a lot differently and probably has those values like slightly higher than what us flyers fans are thinking at this moment. Not notwithstanding. I, I think, you know, my, slowly decline was more so over the past couple of years. You didn't, you have in terms of, you haven't seen progression. You haven't seen him take the next step. If anything, he's been very, you know, very even keel type, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him, but what you're going to get out of him isn't what you need out of him. And that that's just been the case for the past, you know, couple of years where he can, he, where he can disappear at, at you know moments at a time, you know, stop me. If you've heard that before about a Flyers player before, you know, JVR, but you know, that, that's what I'm saying with, with, with TK, but I want to propose you a question, DG. Let's do if, it. If you were to trade um, Lord Konechny, who would you um, expect to get back or who, and who would you prefer to get back? Let's do, let's do both. That's a great question that I don't think I necessarily have pew, the answer pew, to. Pew, pew. Could this be a homework assignment for the next episode? I, I could toss out some names, but I don't necessarily know if the value lines up. Um, like to me, TK is almost like, like, would you trade him for Brock Besser? Is that like oh, a good yeah. hockey oh, trade? Oh my God. Second. Yes. Are you kidding me? I that's think a that's one. a decent hockey trade where it oh, benefits. Don't say that. Don't say that and not mean it. Like that is. It is a hockey a trade. Great trade. It's a hockey trade. They're both around this. I think they're drafted in the same year. No, no. I'm oh. saying it is an amazing hockey trade for the Flyers. Not a decent hockey trade. It's a great trade. It's a it's horrible like, trade for Vancouver. You think what so? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I just saw. <laughs> I, I just don't saw, think so. I um, think they have, have equal, I think they have the equal puck? values. Goose, what did you see? I'm curious. I just saw something with uh about Brock Besser. He he's on the same level like with the analytics community as like a Scott Lawton in like point production. Oh, now's the time to buy, fellas. Let's go. Yeah. Dude, that's I, like a that's a hype me up for Scotty Lawton to be compared to Brock Besser. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> Besser gets easy. a better rap for sure. But yeah. I know. I, I, think, I have to find the tweet because he, he said a few other names too. I think I might have seen that as well. That might be why Besser was in the back of my mind when you posed that question, Johnny. I'm gonna look it up real now. I think right now. DG, let's not get it twisted in terms of Scott Lawton. That that comparison was a dig at Besser. It wasn't to hype up Scott Lawton. Yeah. <laughs> let's look at this in the right way. Here. So you think it, it's well, a dig it, at Besser for being on that level? Yeah. I, I, I was definitely the oh, intent. I, I was definitely I am so I've never been the biggest Scott Lawton fan in the world. And I know we're getting off topic again, tends to happen all the time. I know, but like Scott Lawton is a very good hockey player. And I, I just can't stand that people continuously like put him down and stuff. No, I'm no, definitely it. not. Definitely not putting out Scotty Lawton. The thing with Scott Lawton is that is a player like you kill to have when you're competitive 
And you'd love, like, that is what playoff team needs. A guy at three mil, a three C, a guy can play on the third line. That's going to play his heart out every single night. And that has the skill and ability to pl- have uh, playmaking capabilities. Then he why should the- we get rid of him? Because we're not, because we're not right there. Now. We need assets. We can take, we can literally get so much more for him than we would have ever expected years ago. Like now is the time. Like he is playing above his, you know, this pay guard. Granted, that's probably coming with playing with uh, what's called uh, better line mates and getting a little bit more ice time than he normally would. Just wait, who's he interest. playing with right now? Jerry Mayhew, of course. No, he's. Uh, I think he's getting. Some Mayhew time. just scored. TKJ did he? Bro. Jerry? Yeah, Jerry scored yeah, a little earlier in the game on the power oh, play. I was gonna yeah, interrupt and bring baby. it up, but let let me just bring it up now. Is Jerry 100% on this team next year? Like one one year, $1 million contract? I could totally see it. I could totally see it. Can I I say that tweet real quick? Go ahead. That Bezzer tweet? Someone was saying that they can't really make heads or tails of him. He's a sniper with the same number of 5v5 goals as Nick Bonino, Philip Deneau, and Scott Lawton in the past three seasons. Maybe because he's playing on the Vancouver Canucks. Well, how many Flyers power play? How many power play goals? They're have? literally probably honestly, they are the Flyers of the West. It's a good. I thought Calgary was too. I, no, Calgary was yeah. The Calgary West used to be. Wait, Calgary yeah. is what we hope happens to our team in the next two to three years. <laughs> Please. Wait, I have a, I have a, I have a question. DG, would you trade Scott or not Scott Long? Would you trade TK for JT Miller if we're on Vancouver? Yeah, Vancouver wouldn't take that deal. Uh, how old is JT see. Miller? I think JT Miller is like twenty eight ish right like older maybe like a year uh, or two no older. uh dude i'm telling you dude tk is such a good piece to a good team and if we do the right things in the next six months it won't be that as long of a rebuild as anybody thinks like everybody wants to do the four to five but it's just not happening you know it's not because of dave scott and and chuck like they aren't planning on doing that so we have to we have to like build our opinions around the fact that they are not going to do a deep rebuild. They're going to trade Giroux. They're going to trade Braun. They're going to maybe trade another guy or two, recoup assets, free up cap space, and then buy in free agency. That's what yeah, the plan is. Out, outside of Johnny Goudreau, who are you going to buy? Cause it, in ter- if you're looking at next year and like, if, if they so, if they like quote unquote want to be competitive next year, if you're replacing Giroux with Johnny Goudreau, that's pretty lateral. That's not, that's not anything you, you don't, you're definitely not making your team better. I don't think. Like you can't stop. Like that's, it just doesn't make sense if you plan on being competitive next year, in my eyes. I think Johnny Goudreau makes our team faster because I think he's faster than Giroux. And at this point in both their careers, I think Johnny Goudreau is better at creating offense than drew and drew's my favorite player of all time johnny's 27 28 years old he's in his prime now is the time to lock a guy like that up for the next six years yeah johnny johnny hockey definitely he'll replace that drew production also he is one of the best players in the league at zone entries and that is an issue that the flyers have had for you know the past half 10 years that's a flyers problem i don't think that's a drew problem yeah, no, that's not a Giroux problem. But just saying, why not? Nothing why not is keep, a Giroux if problem. If you if you plan on signing Johnny Goudreau in the offseason, then what's the point of trading Giroux? Like, if you're planning on being competitive next year, like, what's the point? You're just moving in a circle there. Giroux comes back. Here's the point. Yes, Hey-o. thank you, Coots. The point oh, is Giroux Hey-o. is a flyer through and through, and he, yeah, he wants to win a cup. 
So he's like, trade me, get as much as you fucking can. I'll go try to win a cup. And then I'll come back on a team friendly deal in the summer. And Ryan, we'll and, Ryan and little Gavin will stay. I'll stay in Philly. They'll visit me from time to time. He's going to be, he's going to be, I'll babysit. He's going to be, he's going to be feet up in an apartment <laughs> in Colorado. He's going to be hoteling it for be getting about a fucking good month. stoned every night. Yep. Two months. Oh, that's going to be the life for G, huh? I mean, they straight up said like Drew leaving is his decision and he gets to basically choose the team he goes to. So if, if Drew doesn't want to get traded, he's not going to get traded. Um, the other part of it is you have to fucking trade him. You have to cover your ass and get some assets in case he doesn't sign back or whatever. And also, like, I'm not fully convinced that they think they're going to do a full uh, retool or whatever the fuck and be competitive next year. Like, there's a huge... They, that That's what this year was supposed to be, and we were worse than we were the shitty year before. So there's a chance that they're even worse next year. Um, which, like, what the fuck do you even do at that point? Dude, I totally, I totally agree with you. There, there's no data. Like, I'm not assuming what we did this year, thinking we were awesome and we were back to a cup contender. We, we're not doing that this offseason. We're going to be pessimistic this offseason with every move that's made. That's what we say. That's what we say, but then Johnny Chuck Hockey. and Danny B will do something crazy. We'll sign somebody and we'll be fucking pumped. That's just, you know, this is how it goes. But enough with TK and G. The last rumor mill uh, to come up is Justin Braun. He's been tossed out there as a, a player a lot of teams are interested in. So I don't want to go too in-depth about Braun because we know the type of player he is. I just want to like pose a question. What do you guys think is the realistic return for Braun? Keep in mind, when we acquired him, we spent a second and a third round pick. Coots, I'm going to start with you. I think we can get that back. I, I was looking at tweaks today and um, Toronto fans were looking at Braun and saying he actually provides better numbers than that. Ben, uh, how do you say his last Charot. name? Sherrod. Uh, Sherrod. Sherrod. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah. Analytically he's better than him. So I think, I think if you need a good five, six, a really good five, six defenseman for a deep run, I mean, that's a guy you go after and you pay a little money for yeah. Um, I think Braun, Braun is totally like the steady, you know, third pair guy that a uh, playoff contender or cup contender would want on their team. Uh, uh, going to his numbers and analytics, it's 100% benefited him that the past two years he's had to play top pair minutes with Pro B. As bad as the Flyers have been, that, that definitely like inflated his ice time and numbers for sure. It's and, benefited him and been bad for Pro V. <laughs> Yeah, so. but it's like, what are we going to do? The team couldn't do anything. Like, we had nobody. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I really don't know what we get for him. I'd like to think we get a second and third back. I can see us just getting a third also, just because he's older and, you know, is an on, he's a UFA going to be. So, I'm not really sure. And he's not going to be, like, the top guy on any team he goes to. He might even be a reserve guy. You know, where my head's at, I'm thinking of two different options. I'm thinking we just get a second back. Or we get a third and fourth or a third and fifth or a third and whatever. Like that's where my head's at. I think with those two options, I think that makes the most sense. He is older than when we acquired him. Let's not think that doesn't matter, but for a playoff team, they don't really care about that. Right. They just want him for this one run and then he's gone. So he's still a very productive player. Not very. Yeah. He's still a productive five and six defenseman on a very, on a, on a contending team. Yeah. Johnny, I agree with you. I think Chuck needs to go to any team that wants him and be like, 
we want a second for Braun and hopefully one of those teams bites because they desperately need a guy like that. And if that doesn't work out, then, you know, grab a third and fourth or maybe two thirds over the next two years, something like that, just to, you got to recoup as much as you possibly can. So like that, that's the angle I'm going at, but uh, let's move on to around the league, get a little bit away from the flyers talk. We'll talk about some other topics happening around the NHL to start. We mentioned it earlier. Tyler Toffoli was traded to the Calgary flames. The deal was a 2022 first round draft choice, which is top 10 protected a 2024 fifth round pick forward Tyler Pitlick. We know him very well. Hey, prospect Emil Heenemann. How a boy, DG, with that pronunciation. Z didn't Dude. even have to hop on anyone that it, time. It might be Heinemann. <laughs> oh I'll hit on one of those, like, one out of every 100 tries. I'm worse according at... To, according I'm to worse Z, at, you didn't even nail it this time. I'm worse at speaking than biz. Actually, no, nah, Coots, Coots is probably the biz comparison of this crew. <laughs> <laughs> I speak well. So you, can, you, you can tell Coots' mouth moves like 10 times mile per hour more than his, than his mind. <laughs> yeah. Or no, 100%. other way around. Hey, too many pucks to the head. <laughs> it's okay. You played college hockey. We probably see prospect, baby. Yeah, we, we touched on this trade a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Drew comparisons, but um i think it was a good trade for montreal i mean they're full rebuild so i think it was a great trade for calgary too yeah i mean they need the scoring well i mean they've been actually destroying teams in in the past month they've been out unreal crazy yeah i was watching them the other night they're incredible the offense is unreal they can get past the second round i think they just need to add another defenseman do you want risto do you think yeah (laughs) do you guys think johnny g would even want to leave that team now that they're f- figuring it out a little bit, oh, don't I think, say that. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're like going, like almost trying to go a little bit all in this year because I think they might end up experiencing some cap difficulty, especially with Johnny. Like he's going to want a raise, don't you think? Damn right, I do. And didn't Kachuk say he doesn't want to resign already? Yeah. So like, if Johnny knows that Kachuk isn't coming back, and he, like, what 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 good does it do for him to stay there? Why would he not? want to you know explore other possibilities oh my god see you might see but you might be able to look this up what's uh when is uh, is he is he a free agent this uh this offseason kachuk maddie yes he is yes okay so that makes it a little bit more rfa Mm -hmm. see it was he on a bridge deal okay so that makes more sense no i'm I'm thinking of you know does you know johnny g do a bridge deal with kachuk and then you know like that's that's where mine if they figured out together Exactly. If they, uh, well, cause they don't, they don't, they easily both don't want to commit more long-term to Calgary. It's just a thing is in two, one to two years, Johnny Goudreau becomes 30 and then it becomes a little bit more, you know, a little bit but more 30 in the NHL that. nowadays still young. I, I think, I think that's still your prime. I think prime is like 27 to like 32. It's like those five years. It's like you're playing your best hockey. That's a fair assessment. Anybody else can got we, some comments on this trade? I mean, it sets the market for Drew, <laughs> and we mentioned it earlier. It 100% sets the market, so we're at least getting more than what was given for Toffoli, or at least the same, I think, more. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to what I said earlier. I mean, you can't just be content with what, like, Colorado's going to offer you. You take, you know, put the teams against each other, get, get as much as you can get, get as close to this deal as you can get, with, obviously, with – you know, higher level prospects involved, 
but you know, for we'll see the first couple of trades closer to the trade deadline and see how those ones go. But I mean, Giroux's a better player than Toffoli. Giroux's the best available forward at this moment. Yeah. So you got to think he'd get a similar deal. Giroux at yeah. four mil. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and not to you know keep cycling back to Giroux. I know we keep doing it, it but you got to think that Giroux isn't getting traded until he at least plays his thousandth game in a Flyers uniform. It makes way too much sense for him to want that as a player. And he, I don't think he'll, he'd wave that no move clause until after that game. I'm probably going to go to that game. It's March 17th. It might be the only time the Wells Fargo center is packed for a Flyers game for the rest of the year. So are you going to, are you going to paint your chest? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. Not going to show off a milk bag. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very, as much as it seems like on Twitter that I'm an outspoken, like, like I fuck around and just say whatever the fuck I want. I'm very much uh, introverted, more shy person. There's no way I would ever think about doing that. So that's a no? Hard no. <laughs> you gonna wear, you? You're going to wear a St. Patty's Day warm-up jersey? No, I don't even have a Giroux jersey anymore, okay. and I, I think I need to oh, buy one. Oh, what the hell? I, I, he's a fake fan, guys. Kick him off you the You said, oh, he's my favorite <laughs> fan ever. No, I don't have my Giroux jersey anymore. I lost it when I got hammered one time. I gave it to a girl I was walking home. That's, I got that's one fun. like eight years ago when I was younger, and I just grew out of it, and I've had a, I have a TK, oh, a Hayes, a Voracek. I got different players because I want Yeah, I no, wanted... he's definitely your favorite player. You don't even want his jersey. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I might have said this before. But my email for when I was a child was 1828 at Gmail. So 18 for Mike Richards and 28 for Giroux. Those are my two favorite players. And is, it was, it was that, that way ever since. So our email addresses when we were children, when we were youths, are indicators of how big of a fan, how big of our fans. I still use that account. It's like my BS account for when like I, I you know, get an Great app dude, on my phone and I need Everyone's going to fucking email you and sign up. Go for, for it. Send, send <laughs> oh, me. that's awesome. Yes, please do. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Throwing Great. I'm going to have to, email I'm going to have to use out there. create a Yo, new what's account. Your, what's your parents' address? Shut your whore mouth. See. <laughs> Hey, maybe All we right. can uh, trade Giroux to the Coyotes so we can play in uh play at ASU. I don't think he's waving waving his no move for that, but good segue, think? Johnny. Let's move on to the next topic of around the league. The Coyotes are going to be playing in Tempe, in ASU, Arizona State University, for potentially the next three years. Now, if I'm a high school senior and I hear that news, being a hockey oh. guy, I am applying the fuck out of that college i am trying so hard to make sure that they accept me because can you imagine living your high or sorry college career with an nhl team on campus that's got to be even though it's the arizona coyotes sorry biz for shitting on your guys but i would be so fucking pumped imagine just getting to pay 10 bucks to go to an nhl game get fucking sauced this is about to be the most selective that Arizona State University has ever been in the history of their college. They that this is awesome. I love every single part of this that they're playing in a five thousand. That building is gonna be heinous, full of drunk college kids. Can you imagine? Oh my god, that's gonna be like the, playing in the jungle back in the AHL in like the early two thousand. I'm that's getting goosebumps even thinking about it, man. You are welcome. <laughs> 
DG, I was going to say, like you said, you praying you get in there. They have an 88% acceptance rate. They're one of the biggest party <laughs> schools in the country. Like, you know, you, you have to pray to get in there. You're pretty fucking dumb. So <laughs> how much does uh, it cost though? That's the that problem. was my read. It's a, it's a state college. It's probably like, you know, 25 grand or something. Oh, that's not bad at all. Uh, I just made that up, but who knows? Um, <laughs> I paid 40. We played, uh, we played Arizona get for going state. out of state to another state college. Um, oh wait, Cooch just said mentioned he. I, had a, I have a Arizona again. State story. Go ahead. Oh, you do. Um, yeah, we played them two games in their little barn. They had a little sun devil come out, smack the ice, bow, bow, bow. Fans going nuts. And then after Saturday, we weren't leaving till like Sunday at like I don't know, like three p.m. So uh, oh, that is we went great. to their hockey house. We oh. literally went to. They invited us to their hockey house. That's dope. After you played night. them. After we played on they have Saturday a pool. Night. You yeah, didn't they play them hard enough. They had a pool. That's what I'm saying. And actually, one of our rookies, I was a rookie too at the time, but one of our rookies, we told him to jump off the roof into the pool, and he did. It was and like he did. Type, it was Project <laughs> like X, Project X, like type shit. Yeah. So wait, you guys, you guys went from Buffalo to Arizona to play them. Yeah. You fly commercial. Huh? You fly All commercial. Paid for? Commercial. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a whole other story. We had a bunch of uh, <laughs> on our way home. <laughs> We got sauced on the plane and we had a bunch of like Asian tourists and they were like just nonstop taking pictures of us. They're like, ah, <laughs> you guys, I can just see you guys in the back of a plane doing like those little, little air, airplane shooters that they give you. We and had the, the whole back. Of the, the hostess, plane. the host That's is just awesome. like the stewardess just cutting you off. Did you guys know that bringing shooters and drinking them on a flight is a federal offense? Yep. That's a crazy, it's a crazy thing the- to me. You yeah, can't you even drink buy. like the uh, alcohol you buy at like the duty free. I mean, what? You should be Excuse able to me? drink that on the plane. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's what crazy. Was that word? The duty, duty free, free shop. Duty free shop. Have you heard of that before? You, have you ever flown? No. Johnny's like, oh, you said duty. I've flown before. <laughs> it's yeah, the big they have a duty free the, uh... giant alcohol store that everything's super cheap because you don't pay taxes on it. Oh, and you, and you cannot, there. and you, you, they keep it in the bag. It says duty free on it, and you can't open Wait, it on the flight. So can I, like, most go people, to, most can people just airport? make a mixie and bring it in. You I mean, know? you got to get past I, security, you psycho. Oh, I was saying I could go to the airport, <laughs> I go to the airport, airport instead of going to the liquor store. Donnie shows oh. up at the at fucking Philadelphia International Airport with a U-Haul truck. <laughs> I don't think Johnny's ever taken a flight in his life. He knows absolutely nothing about how air- last, airports. Last work. time I flew, you can't bring liquids flew was into like, an was airport. Like three years ago, I was. Was I twenty-one then? I have no idea. Yeah, oh I believe you're twenty-four now. Yes, that's the math. <laughs> he actually three. thought like I'm, I'm stack guy. I, I messed up something I was saying because I said duty free. No, I did that no, strange no, I foreign word I, you used. <laughs> I know. I just I thought I. I that's the word exactly of the day. What you said. I heard exactly what you said. I just didn't know what it was. That's funny. This isn't uncommon. I'm definitely not the only one. All right, dude, where the fuck were we? Oh, I mean, Johnny, you were talking about, like, college players being pumped to go watch, like, the Coyotes play. Think about the Coyotes players that are taking home the fucking college chicks after the game. Talk about about Mike Richards and Jeff Carter at Temple. Like, think about ASU, dude. It's funny because watch all of, like, the young guys have the best season of their careers. Because they're just all the testosterone. Let's not assume sexuality here, Z. Could be taking home some guys as well. Yeah, I'm sorry. My apologies. Dick taps for for them. But yeah, uh, any of you guys have any more comments on on Tempe? I I, I just think it's 
I it's going to be electric for all I the people that think wild. it sucks for the NHL. I think they're all dead wrong. I think it's funny think to it's dunk on cool. them, but like having like it's a low, small them. barn like that, it's going to be electric. They, yeah, they have. When's the last time Arizona had a packed crowd? Dude, look, look at it vice versa. If you're like Connor McDavid and Edmonton Oilers and you're storming into that 5K barn too, imagine how hype that's going to be if you're going to ASU. I'm going to go see Connor McDavid for like 50 bucks. Well, yeah. that's the thing. There's such little seats. Are the tickets going to be like 200 bucks? Oh, up? Like what? what's going to go on for the tickets? That You're literally I mean, going to be sure, breathing on the players. I'm sure they'll have like a student section, like a, you know, like a regular college football team or whatever does where it's like cheaper. But they don't even have like actual seats. It's just the cement slabs, and and they'll just be marked with <laughs> the numbers. Bleachers. There's the no bleachers. like, there's no armrests or anything. I mean, from the pictures. Oh, that's I mean, the, it it's not like. done in the pictures, dude. They're oh, it's not. It. No. Okay, <laughs> I'm stupid. Let's let's move on. Dude, you thought it was <laughs> done, right, <laughs> It looked done. It looked They're like just, an EASHL it's, arena. It's like fucking Rome. We're just sitting on the fucking <laughs> slats. Like, yeah, it's like it's like the spectrum when it was getting torn down. Everything was just so bare, and that's what they got no seats. You got to sit your ass on hard ass concrete and watch a three hour fucking game. Yeah, you want to go tell Mark Howe, an NHL scout, that he has to sit on a slab of concrete? He's gonna bitch slap you. <laughs> you think they'll be like? You know how like the JJ and Jonesy like have like the above shit. levels yeah. section. Do you think that'll even exist? Yeah, but it the guy who's to. running the guy who's running what the is clock gonna... is also going to be up there <laughs> with the buzz with the horn. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, have, have you guys ever been to like IceWorks? How they have that like the room in between the rinks? Like I, I imagine something like that. You know where it's like the glass and there's like seats and stuff, bar. the snack yeah. bar and stuff, and like. Maybe they'll keep that enclosed for like the scouts and management and people. Who knows? Nice but, plug for Iceworks. Hell of an establishment. Uh, what a place. Many memories there. But let's move on to the last topic of around the league. It's kind of relevant to Flyers land a little bit. Um, former Philadelphia Flyer Nolan Patrick kind of got a cheap shot hit to the head from Nathan McKinnon. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Do you think McKinnon should get suspended? I think he should be out for the rest of the year, you know, to, you know, force Colorado's hand a little bit. I mean, for our benefit, yes. I would love if <laughs> McKinnon did not play for the rest of the year. I mean, it's it's a dirty play. He's probably going to get in like, I don't know, maybe like five or so, I would say. I'd say, I mean, I'm, I'm more curious. I'm curious to see uh, what's it called, what Koot has to say about this because – you you've been probably in that situation like a lot of times too, playing in like uh in college and juniors and stuff. Well, I I saw that um he's not even going to get a hearing for it, and I no. thought to me it looks like a two game like a two gamer kind of thing. Like I don't know, man. I I've never been in that situation where like I've rubbed people out, like maybe like interfered with them, like le- like legally there, but he literally went up and hit his like chin. And knocked back, knocked him back with his elbow or shoulder a little bit. I've never seen or never had the urge to ever do that. So I thought it was a little bit of borderline play there. Cue the descending opinion with Z. Well, no, he's he's not getting suspended. They already said that. Wait, really? Yeah, he's not getting yeah, suspended. Not. He might get fined. I don't think so. But he got two minutes for interference on the play. Um, no. I don't. Th- I think a suspension requires like mal- like malicious intent. And I don't. I, I didn't think see, it was a little. I didn't see anything malicious about it. I saw two guys fighting to get to the puck and, and some I interference. Not at that angle. That's fair, but I think it's just an unnecessary 
contact that never had to happen. And That's like, the word. it's so easy not to aim for somebody's fucking head. Like, is he is he aiming for his head when they're he both went like hunched yeah. over? He, the way he went up there, like that, it just was so unnecessary. I'm just saying, like, and when you watch it live and you watch it fucking in 0.5 speed, like you can't you can't make decisions like that. I get it. it they're making speed, decisions like, that split second at a time. Yeah, I agree with that. When you watch it at a slow speed, yeah, it looks bad. But like, I I, I don't think that McKinnon's going. I'm gonna hit this concussion prone player in the head with my shoulder. Well. Yeah, I don't think that either. But I mean, it, it just is a weird play. Like I've ne- I've never had that I don't know urge to do that. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just more so like, you know, like y- you saw this angle, you saw where the puck was and then you saw the angle he took to take it. It's like he could have made a V-line right for the puck, but he decided to go inward and more like kind of go he went out to go in a little bit, if you know what I mean. And like I said, like there's you could go shoulder to shoulder there. Um pretty pretty easily and try to rub one out. I mean, it's not easy. It's not hard to out muscle Nolan Patrick. Um, I, I, but like if you went here, but that was definitely direct contact to his head and I would have expected a suspension, but I guess not. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's whatever that it was. I don't care either or if he was suspended or not, obviously from Z he's not going to be suspended, but I, I just don't think it was a hit that needed to happen. And he could have easily avoided doing that. It was such an easy thing, which is why I think he should have been suspended for like a game to be like, dude, like learn, like, it's just a game. Who cares? Like learn your lesson. You can't be intent. Like, I think it was slightly intentional, which is why I think it, it should have been, but I, I really don't care. And it, it makes sense that they didn't, um, they didn't give him a game or anything. I would expect to find though. I think he definitely wanted to hit him, but not maybe not in the head, obviously, but he definitely wanted like he wanted to get in his way. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. Let's go into post game. We got a few topics for you guys today. We're going to start with kind of a big topic. Everybody knows Coots got back surgery and is going to be out the rest of the year. So do I'm not saying I am, but just to pose the question, is it time to worry about Couturier? Yes or no? Johnny, I'll defer to you. I am unfazed. He's going to be back healthy for uh, <clears throat> uh, for training camp next uh, next year. I'm not worried. Agreed. Kutsi? Yeah, I'm not worried, worried either. Like, I would rather him just be out the rest of the year and be completely healthy next year. Yeah, I mean... It, it makes so much sense. It's the same thing with Allison Hayes that we're all thinking in the same boat. Just get them the surgeries or help that they need and stop playing hockey, get healthy, do your training, make sure you're ready to go for next season. Cause at this point we're tanking for Shane, Wright. What's the fucking point of playing hockey at this point? I mean, DG, we said this going back like in November, I was like, put Hayes on LTIR. Like, I think we've said it like every podcast since it I happened. know, but <laughs> it's just like so ridiculous that they're still like, yeah, we're unsure about Ellis. It's like, how do you not fucking know if he needs surgery yet or not? Like, this is ridiculous. He's been out for six weeks and for six weeks before that and for six weeks before that. So I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with their medical staff over there, but like these guys are coming back, getting injured, coming back, getting injured. We saw it with Hayes. We saw it with Broussard. And I would be worried if this was the summer and they were making that decision on Coots, but he has more than enough time to come back a hundred percent next year. Um, you know, back injuries are worrisome. If it's a nagging, like 
thing that's going to stick around, that's going to suck. But if it's something that they can take care of in surgery and, and he'll be good to go, I think I'm not really worried about it. No, I, I saw someone on Twitter make a, a good point just to kind of offer the, the opposite, opposite opinion of it. It's more like, you know, as a hockey player, you know, Coots has that I, and uh, DG, you played hockey too. It's like, you, you want to play through injuries, right? No matter how big or small as a fan, you'd hope they have that mo- those moments happen in the playoffs as opposed to in a regular season in which everything's going to hell. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, when, when you evaluate, you know, what uh, Hayes kind of is feeling and everything and the outside stuff that he's been dealing with, probably for him to get back on the ice would be a good distraction for him mentally. And that's what I'm thinking as to why he keeps wanting to come back. But yeah, what's up, Z? I was going to like, at what point does the decision become a medical decision and not the player's decision. Are we getting, giving these guys surgeries and then going after a day you want to play? Okay. Yeah. Go play. Like there has to be some level of responsibility to the medical staff where they say you cannot play. I know you want to play. Every player wants to play after an injury and play hurt, but there has to be some sort of authority sitting these guys down and saying, no, you're not playing. I kind of think uh, in the beginning of the year, like Coots and the, training staff or whatever kind of knew about this and it was something that coots felt that like he could play through thinking that we were going to be competitive and it got to the point where it was finally understood like it's not worth we it. aren't going to be competitive and i need to stop playing and get myself right for next year and i think that's probably how the thought process went yeah maybe in the beginning of the year they should have been like why don't we just get this guy the help he needs now and throw him an LTIR and circumvent the cap like every other team in the league's doing. I think that would have been a better move at the time, but it's all, you know, it's, it's like yeah. retroactively trying to apply this shit. You can't, it's happened already. And this is what it is. It's not just Coots though. I mean like that, I wasn't really too concerned with how they treated Coots. It was, it was the Hayes thing for the most part. I mean, he had surgery right before the season started they put yeah, him out bad. there and then he had surgery again because he re-aggravated it. And then they put him out there and then he had some sort of, you know, drainage done or whatever. And now he's out again. It's just like, I understand like the outside circumstances that happened to him and you want to get playing and, and, you know, not thinking about that stuff, but he like the team, can just they can't allow the players to make decisions on medical like issues. Yeah. They're not doctors. I would like to see the Flyers add some medical professionals, much like they have added a few uh, hockey analytics people. You're right in out of Philadelphia. College. You have Rothman. You have Cooper. You have UPenn. You have Jefferson. Jefferson with prestigious doctors working here that would probably love to be doctors for this team. And, and you got this like Mickey Mouse show going on internally. Yeah, it's a big problem that we all know about. But just to move on to the next topic and to sum this up i think all flyers fans should definitely not be worrying about sean couturier you need to trust medical professionals at what they do let him get his surgery it already happened he's going to fully recover and you have to you can't think pessimistically about injuries you gotta think he's coming back next year fully healthy he'll be ready to go he's gonna have more than enough time to recoup himself and be ready so i have no issues with anything uh coots related i think nobody else should either but uh so the next topic we got this one will probably be a short one but danny briere 
we forgot to mention in the last episode, I think it was like a day or two before he was given the position. So that's why we didn't mention it. But Danny Briere was named special assistant to the general manager. Shout out Dwight Schrute. I mean, I think we all think that's a good thing. Very Toots. good thing. Johnny. Yeah, definitely good. I mean, especially when you see how how much uh, Montreal really wanted him to be the GM there. I mean, they were pushing for him, and we had to we had to bring Danny back. And it's always good to have a guy who loves the Flyers, who loves Philly, loves the fans. I always like to see someone who's like that in a higher level position. Do you guys see uh, on Instagram Danny Briere posted a picture of him and G immediately after like it was announced? Kind of I began picture. I began looking into it immediately and <laughs> yeah. overthinking and overanalyzing it like crazy. Cause is, is Danny Breer, does he have a little bit more say than we think in this uh, Claude Giroux? Um, I mean, G lived with him when he was a rookie. I Ooh. know it's, it's saucy. It's spicy. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely going to help um, you retain all types of players, not just Giroux. Um, and back to what Coot said, yeah, he was on Montreal shortlist after not having any management experience at all. He was, you know, coaching in a ECHL team or something. I, I don't know what he was doing for the Flyers at a lower level. He was spending some time on the uh, AHL bench, but also part of that is Montreal has to have like a or wants to have a French speaking GM. But uh, yeah, I think this is great for the future of the Flyers management. Hopefully he usurps. Fletcher in the coming years now than later it it gets a little bit more interesting because we brought it up earlier in the show and it's going to be one I'll say one of the last times we bring up Giroux in this episode but if Danny B assumes a little bit more responsibility and we trade Giroux before the trade deadline would that entice Giroux to come back a little bit more I mean just saying you can't I don't think we can ignore it I think there's a lot of factors that determine drew coming back or not and you're right danny Briere is going to be a huge factor in that i think cam atkinson as well will be another big factor in that um they got gino's cheesesteaks today together i saw that i did that yeah they're Talk building a special bond exactly i mean cam's got five more years on that contract yeah i mean not to keep yeah, and Cam Cam doesn't want to be a part of a rebuilding team for the rest of his career. Maybe he's trying to get be like, "Gee, please don't let this happen to me. Come back in the off season." I but I I don't want to keep talking about G. But just one last thing, like if he doesn't win a cup when he's traded, to me that makes it a lot harder for him to want to come back. I think winning a cup is very important, more so than just staying in the place he he loves in Philly. Yeah, I don't think that's the end all be all, but I. You know, I, I'll agree with you there. I think it, it's it very important. Play, it definitely plays a factor into the odds, but definitely not the end all be all. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the second to last topic. Oh, Z just added something. <laughs> uh, but before that, Bobby Brink, a little bit of happiness in Flyers land. Bobby Brink is leading the NCAA in points with 10 goals, 34 assists, 44 points in 28 games, which I mean, you're leading any league in points. It's good. So, I mean, especially for a guy that we drafted in the second round a few years ago, a guy that scores goals. I mean, I'm pretty pumped about this. I think he's going to be a, I think he's a sick prospect and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the NHL. I'll say one thing about this. Cool. Keep it up, kid. 
<laughs> All right, pessimistic not hyping view. Out. Not that's, hyping. That's fair. Well, it's because you learn. No, you learn fair. from history. You learn from history. I don't. Th- these numbers are good. They're definitely good steps forward. But like, it's not. Not. not Call him up. This phrase again. Not the end all be all. This is not a promise that he's going to do this in the in the uh, the leagues that he's going to play after college. Sorry. He's also right handed, by the way. Sorry to kind of just bitch slap you around there, DG, but I just I didn't take out there. I did not take it that way, so no worries. Well, I just okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Flyers. It's good to see, like a you know Flyers prospect leading the NCAA in points, but you got to get more out of the, those college guys that we picked up. I mean, like Faraby was a great pick. Obviously, he played like one year at Boston. Uh, Wade Allison came from Western Michigan. Obviously, he's been injured. But you have like Jay O'Brien, Bobby Brink, and I can't even think of anyone else. But there are some other NCAA guys that obviously the development's different than playing uh, major junior in Canada. You play less games. Um, it's not Johnny like, Hockey also played. I'm talking about Flyers players. Sorry. Is Noah Cates still in? Uh... Noah Cates, yeah, in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you like to see those guys improving and getting better he should be in the AHL next season and we'll see how he does playing uh big boy hockey. I don't know what you're trying to tell me, DG. So just go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to tell you to get into your segment, buddy. Oh, I got some stats for you guys. You ready? So <laughs> I got, I got a couple of tweets to read. They're both from Bill Meltzer and then I'm going to pose a question. Bill Meltzer, um, big fan of the pod, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Huge, <laughs> huge supporter of the pod. Bill What's Meltzer. Up, Bill? Best, so best friend. In the, uh, in the Bill, in Bill, one of the <laughs> in one of the Detroit games, I was barely watching them, so I didn't really notice. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we had a power play in the third period. PP two was out, and they had only four players on the ice for like thirty seconds. And during that time, Detroit had a two on one short handed uh, oh. attempt. No, they didn't score, but they had a two on one short handed attempt, and then got the puck. Flyers got the puck back, and still there was only four players on the ice during our power play. So it was like four on four. And he asked Mike Yo about it, and this is what Mike Yo had to say: uh, "That was just someone not being ready for replacing their guy. As a coach, you're sitting there watching, and you've got a two-on-one in that situation. So I'm watching that play, but the communication was there on the bench that we had four guys, but still took another five seconds for the player to be ready. We have to be sharper. To me, it's a prime example of where our heads were at. Uh, assignments that we've drilled it over and over again, shown on video and over and over again, that we're missing right from the start of the game." I think that our next game will tell us if this was a, a little bit of sloppiness coming out of the break or how much more we, work we have to do. Uh, so from the hockey players, is that, is that the, like what, what's happening there in that sort of situation? Is that the coach's fault? Is that the player's fault? But go ahead. So yeah, for just immediate opinion after hearing that quote from Mike Yao. Um <laughs> Oh god, I cracked myself up. Um I I think he's completely wrong. I think as a coach, you you don't need to be watching the 2 on 1. The players on the ice need to be watching the 2 on 1 and making yeah, sure they play that. Yeah, what is Yao going to do? The best. Yao can't do anything by just fucking watching the game. He needs to be watching what's happening on the ice at all times and he, like honestly, he or the assistant coaches should notice that and immediately pick a guy and throw him over the boards. That's on the coach. Like it, you can say it's both the players and the coach's fault, but I think Yao kind of points the fingers at the players there instead of blaming himself, which I think is the bigger issue there. I mean, they're in the NHL. They've, they've 
had tens of thousands of line changes before. You'd, I'd, I'd hope that they'd have that down pat, that part of the game. Unless it's like a guy like Frost or Ratcliffe. No, I, I still I mean, would. It's still, well, they I mean, played I, a shit ton of I, hockey, but you know what com- I mean? When it comes to communication, I guess, when it's a little bit more personal, you haven't been with the team around, you don't really see that. So that makes a little bit more sense. The immediate guy not replacing a guy on the ice, yeah, that is on the player. But I think After like, like 30 seconds. That's <laughs> It becomes the coach's problem. They're supposed to be watching the on-ice product to make sure the game flow the coaches are the game game flow guys. They aren't the players playing the game. They don't need to be focusing on the puck. Like that's the last thing they need to do. So I don't agree with you there at all, but coots. My immediate thought we were talking about it earlier is here's a guy who is just going through the emotions as a coach right now. Like if, if we had four guys on the ice, our coach would ream us out. He'd be like, get the fuck out there. Why do you do? You know what I mean? He has to be aware of that. I mean, even your, even those guys, yeah, I know they're in the NHL and whatnot, but like there are times where you don't know who's going out, you know, there, there could, there's, I mean, there's so many guys that are next man up. Like maybe they legitimately didn't know. I mean, someone could have hopped out too. I mean, it is a little bit on the players, but you always got to be aware of that. Be like, you know, Jerry, get the hell out there. You know what I mean? He's got to yell at the guys. He's got to command the bench. If you're going to be a coach at NHL, you have to, at the end of the day, command these guys. And DG made a great point. Like, Yo's not helping watching a two-on-one shorthanded yeah. the other way. Like, he's not helping Carter Hart stop that. Yeah. So, like, I don't like that he said that in his quote. Like, I was paying attention to the two-on-one. Like, dude, you're not playing the two-on-one. The players on the ice are. Like, no accountability. You got to be... That's what I understand. the The coaches are war generals, and they need to be, and they need to act as such. The one the one thing like in AV's tenure, the thing I respect about him is I feel like AV always took blame. He always took the blame on him so that it wasn't put on his players. And Coots, I, I like how you said like he's going through the motions because it really does seem that way. Like there's no I, way this guy Yao is, is part out, of this man. team next year. He's checked out for sure. Oh, he mailed it in already. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, Ave, there were a couple of times where Av tried to coach through the media and blame some of his top guys, but but he but the top after, guys after can that, take the yeah, blame. and he blamed Carter Hart for some things too, which uh, he stopped doing. That was that a little this past year. Yeah, he 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 stopped doing that after I think the team came to him and said like they don't like being coached that way so he sort of toned it down and started you know assuming more responsibility for what's happening out there on the ice the second thing i have for you guys all right also from bill Meltzer. over the first 31 games of the season the flyers penalty kill was a respectable 81.8 percent ranked 11th in the league from january 1st onward the pk has has been uh 16 Power play goals allowed on 44 opportunities, ranking dead last in the NHL at 63.6%. Mike Yo was the power, the PK coach under AV, has since become the head coach since that, like, and January 1st, what was it, like mid-December when AV was fired? So the PK went to shit, basically, when Yo came aboard and started instilling his systems after after he was the PK coach, that makes no sense. Nick Schultz became the PK coach. And then now I think it's like Torchetti or one of the new guys that came in. So what's going on here? I think, you know, we, we thought when you firing AV was going to, you know, jumpstart this team and maybe turn it around. You still had time to, you know, make a playoff run. We had like the seven, you know, point game streak right after that. Um, I think one of Chuck Fletcher's worst decisions was keeping you up. Like you have to clear out that whole coaching staff. 
What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of both in terms of coaching and just with the, the you know, the depleted player personnel. I mean, you have two power, you have two penalty kill units. If you do the math and I, I, I am pretty good at math, you have six defensemen on a team. That means four of them have to be on the penalty kill. That means one of those four has to be Nick Sealer, Kevin Connaughton, or Keith Yandel. I think it's been Sealer on the on the second penalty Jesus kill. Christ, when you put it like that, <laughs> is it really? Is it really as you know much of a mystery as we're thinking? I mean, look who we're putting out and not having Coots as well, like yeah, or Hayes, or Hayes, or Hayes. But forwards yeah, wise, you still got so your much. guys there, and I feel like there are teams with worse players that have better. PKs, so I don't think that's all of it, and a lot of I it think is it's just a back losing end night after night. And then also Yao, assuming head coach, he's probably not focusing on PK. So Nick Schultz' horrible defensive abilities are just you know spreading out on all the players on our team. So, but that's it the coach's, all makes That's sense. the coach's job then. Then focus on PK. If you were just the PK coach a month ago, exactly. I thought I thought Yao coming in, he would have been like, "Let's focus D out. We'll focus on being sound defensively, and then the goals will come from that sound defense." And he's just done nothing. He's literally done nothing. Nothing also, at all. Also, I think the pair of if you if you're looking at the remaining three defensemen that you're looking at, you're mostly looking at Sanheim and Risto. And those are two very aggressive defensemen that can often be a little over aggressive in terms of getting out of position too, like a little impatient on the penalty kill. So, like I said, it just doesn't really surprise me. And it's not, it's not, I don't think the fault of those two because I don't think they should be penalty, they should be more so on the power play, which is I won't even get into because that aggravates me how neither are featured on the power play either, yeah. which is a problem in itself, especially if we're trying to showcase a little bit. But yeah, I mean, like it, it's, it's not really as big of a mystery as people think. It's just, you know, just look who you're putting out there. People not suited for, for the penalty kill on the back end. Yeah. But, but also the structure is not even there. It's not just the, it's not, not just right, the personnel. It's, it's like they are playing, I don't, I don't, they do a tight box or some diamond where like half the time there's, two guys open in front of the net and it's just yeah. like how are how's Too everyone getting out of position in the, I like the diamond better than the collapsing box yeah in I don't the know about uh, you guys in the penguins game on crosby's goal that he got on the power play they had three chances to clear the puck they all flubbed it i think it was g sanheim and someone else had a chance to to clear it and then Provi like was standing in front of the net and left uh crosby open at the side, it's just that's like, what completely are you okay though because we all bet money on it, so it's okay. I know, I know, and that it's okay. But <laughs> pocket like, is a little bit thicker after that. You, you, I've never cheered is... for a Crosby goal before like that. <laughs> Such easy money. <laughs> it just the, squirted you, out right. You had down, a, but like you had a thought. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was listening to a, a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast because they talked about the Flyers, and I like listening about what other teams think about the Flyers, and they they said like the flyers are like bad and uninteresting right now. And that they can't be that they're not supposed to be that the flyers are supposed to be like rock'em sock'em entertaining. And they're, you know, they make, they're one of the most profitable teams in the league and they're not playing like that. And <laughs> not they, anymore. They also said, it seems like with the flyers, like every, like for them to make the playoffs next year, everything has to go right. And if one thing goes wrong, it all collapses. And that's the epitome of this team night in and night out. Everything has to go right for them to win a game. When one thing goes against them, they collapse. That's very true. Losing culture. That's what it is. Very All right. Let's move on to one last topic before we wrap this up. 
the Olympic hockey teams. Uh, I think talking about the men's USA team, it, there's nothing to talk about. It wasn't really a fun tournament for those guys. But I mean, we could talk about the women's team because I think it's awesome that like the women's the women's games and the women's team was so much more competitive and so much more entertaining to watch. And I know they fell short, but I mean, they did. It was a good game for what I watched before I fell asleep. But I mean, they lost three to two, but it, it was a good a good showing and good entertainment, I would say. No, definitely. It's always fun to see the women's Canadian team and the women's uh, U.S. team. But something that's important, especially in the um, in women's hockey, is the fact that other countries are also starting to be a little bit more competitive. You see, and you know the gap is, you know, slowly but still incrementally, you know, like tightening the gap a little bit on those two teams. It's still far and away a two team a two horse race. Um, But I think someone brought up a good point. I saw a tweet before. That it was like 1932. It was, you know, Canada was beating teams, uh, Canada and Russia were beating teams like, you know, like 20 to nothing in men's hockey. And then look how far it's come now where, you know, countries have a little bit time to develop, commit to the sport and stuff like that too. So I think, I think the same can be, uh, can, can be achieved in women's hockey too. So it, it was a good, um, it was, a, it was a little, I think the score made it seem a little bit closer than it actually was three to two. Uh, I don't think the United States really pressed all that much. I think it was mostly in in Canada's grasp the whole time, but you know, nonetheless, it's always fun to watch those two teams. Real quick on the men's. I mean, they actually played good all tournament and I really wish that the Olympics would get rid of the shootout to decide a playoff game. Yes. So they have, so they have a 10 minute three on three and then it goes to a shootout. Is it still so, uh multiple four like four. The, the same player can shoot multiple times uh yeah it's still like that it's five rounds oh. instead of three best of yeah. five instead of best okay. of three. yeah but something quick on on the flyers uh side of of the olympics um it's, this is a tweet from from jamie basco because he was all over uh this guy all tournament and oh, rightfully yeah. so so the flyers have a goaltending prospect named ivan fedita i don't know z correct me if i'm wrong there you, you nailed better it, idea buddy. than i do Thank you. I tweeted about him. Yeah, you did, Coots. Yeah, he's 6'8", Anthony Stolarz-esque. Uh, he went 3-1 and one with two shutouts and a 931 save percentage in the Olympics. Uh, he made 95 saves on 102, uh, on 102 shots. Um, and he was, he was Russia's uh, goaltender. And, and I think they, they – are they still in it? Yep. I don't even know. Yeah, I think they're still in it. Um, he's 25, so not the – you know, the ripest of fruit. It's still, you know, but he's, he's also having a hell of a season in the KHL too. So it's definitely something to monitor. I think everyone's saying he's not likely to come over at all, especially if he's due for a big payday in the KHL and, you know, Carter Hart kind of wrapping up net here, but I don't know. That's just another piece of fruit to kind of dangle in front of teams. If they feel like they can convince him to come overseas is the way I see it personally. Dude, he's, he's the real deal. I was watching his like, gameplay and his highlights he is really quick he's fucking uh, massive he's vassy like yeah i was gonna say vassy like could he be our igor shesterkin we already have carter hart shut up yeah but i would love to have a tandem kind of like i mean oh, gorgiev yeah. isn't that awesome but like to have anything close to a one a b would be it'd be beautiful especially as a as for a trade piece too like it, yeah. it's that's true. It's crazy to me to think that like we actually have all these goalie, like we have some good goalie prospects now. And like 
we, I don't know, we're drafting the right goalies. Whereas the past 30 to 40 years, it's been like, we need a goalie and now we might have two. Yeah. I mean, Carter Hart's still the guy, obviously, but. I feel like the Flyers haven't had much luck with like their international prospects. Like that's very true. Guys just seem to like to stay where they're at in their country. I mean, he's killing it over there. I don't know why he would leave. And I mean, you're asking a lot for a guy to go to a country where he doesn't like speak the fucking language um, and like uproot and just move there with uh, Shesterkin. I mean, he was crushing it there too, but he's going to play for the New York fucking Rangers and Panarin's there. And, you know, Yeah, no, it's kind of funny to think about all the Russians that actually do come over that we draft, like Rupsov, Vorobiev, and like those of the like. We actually want them to leave. Yeah, we know the guy, the people we and the and the guys really want to come over don't want to come over. So it's just ironic how that uh, how that played out. Yeah. So what what is it right now? I think it's uh R, the ROC or the Russian Olympic Committee because they're not allowed to use their own country's name and flag because the the whole doping thing. Uh, is again playing Sweden and then Slovakia is playing Finland. And then those two will, whoever wins those, will go to the championship for the gold medal. Um, I will say this good for the league. No USA, no Canada. Show off the show off what the other countries have. I agree with that too. Despite it's just amateurs and not really NHL players, but still. Still entertaining. We might have a Sweden. I don't know. Russia's probably actually going to make it to the gold they, they might won. win they won, it all. they won the gold last olympics didn't they or did germany win what am i thinking of i don't think germany is that good at hockey there was one year where germany won like silver or some shit yeah i remember With no nhl remember players were playing but like i mean to go back to the, what like the women's olympics the past two, two or three olympics have been has been electric just because like the men's has been you know has left a lot to be desired like i don't really like it's kind of like game it's kind of like the effect of like the U.S. women's soccer team too. Yeah, but this, but yeah, how they kind of steal the spotlight because the men's team hasn't been good historically. Uh, it's kind of like what's happening right now too. When you bring the amateurs involved, obviously, when you bring the NHLers involved, it's a different story. But like, I've I personally enjoyed watching the women's hockey team compete uh, this Olympics and every Olympics since I can remember. It's always fun to kind of see. Like I said, it's it's a two horse race right now, but it's a fun two horse race. Was the yeah. last Olympics a sh- shootout? Yeah, that's uh, when uh, I forget what her name. I think it was the like goalie. one of the Lamaru twins. Yeah, uh, Lamaru twins scored to win. Yeah, scored the game-winning but goal. But the, the U.S. Both goalies were actually really good in that game. To me, hockey is hockey, no matter what gender it is. So it's always entertaining to me. I just love the sport in yeah. general, so I'll watch it at any time. Less physicality, but it's you know great to watch. I Still wish they could hit. I know. wish they could hit. Why can't they? I have uh, no it's idea. Bullshit, actually, because they should be. I mean. Hockey's hockey. Hockey's hockey. Yeah, no, definitely. If they were, yeah, no. Um, see? On that note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you had more, Johnny. But uh, all right, that wraps up this episode of Time My Skates. Please like, comment, and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Time My Skates Pod and listen anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Z for Drunk Gritty, for Johnny, for Cootsie. We'll see you guys next time.